Hello and welcome to ASMR Tirar de Huello. Are you hoping to calm your mind, relax your body, or experience ASMR? Dr. Andrew Michaels is here to help you. We appreciate the support of all of our followers. If you would like to support this podcast directly, please look for our PayPal link in the episode description. Good afternoon and welcome. I'd like to talk to you today about something that might be a little hard to talk about. But I want to talk about why people turn out the way they do. Okay? I've been doing a lot of research. Now I know my research might be a little tainted by my personal viewpoints and opinions on the matter. So, if I offend you or you disagree with me, I do understand. I am inviting a tiny bit of debate. But this talk is for those of you out there who genuinely need to hear this. Okay? And I want you to think that I'm doing this for my own self-gratification or to get something off my back. I would rather never speak about the things that I'm going to talk about right now. But, sadly, we live in a world where people can rewrite history to their own needs. Some people call it revisionist history. Some people call it, um, you know, the winner writes the books. And uh, when it comes to a personal level, some people call it gaslighting. Okay? Some people even suffer from syndromes due to abuse and neglect. Like Stockholm Syndrome, where you've been terribly abused or neglected or tortured, and you end up agreeing with your captor, the authorities over you, because they've broken your spirit or convinced you that they are the right course of action, and they're methods were the right means to bring you to enlightenment. But when you get right down to it, at least this is my personal opinion, you can throw out all the good and evil stuff that gets shoved down your throat. You can throw out all the all of the gods and devils, all the heavens and hells. All the sinner and the saint bullcrap that uh, is crammed down your throat. The 
true reason why people turn out the way they do has very little to do with heaven above or hell below us. It has to do with the monsters that live right amongst us and look exactly like us, our fellow human beings who choose to harm, hurt, and abuse others when they're in a position of authority over those that are predominantly weaker than them. Now, leaders, parents, teachers, coaches, they all have a mandate. Not unwritten. Most take oaths or pledges to not abuse the authority given to them. But unfortunately, some people in this world just choose to ignore all of their pledges, oaths, promises to be stewards of those around them and just treat people as poorly as they can. Now, I do believe that the reason people turn out the way they do, rotten, vile, evil, is because that's exactly what they were taught. They were not, they were taught it at the end of a fist, at the end of a leather strap, or they were verbally, emotionally, spiritually beaten down to the point where they just snapped. Something inside them snapped. You can take a child and you can rear it up to be a fighter pilot, a businessman, or a serial killer, or a rapist. That's right. Same child. You can take that child and you can warp them, pound on them, neglect them, punish them until they see the world as a cruel place, okay, and they're not coming back. Once they start on that path, it's very hard to, if ever, turn them back. You can take that same child and give them love, encouragement. Teach them to be proud of their achievements. Make them aggressive about education. Furthering themselves. Making the world a better place. And that child will thrive. You see it all the time in families. The ones that nurture and cherish and protect their children, bring them up right, has very little to do with a lot of things that people think it has to do with. It has to do with the fact that they were brought up in a home where they were heard, 
where people worked together and people loved each other and they tried really hard to give their kids the best life they could. I raised three children and I think I'm a hit or miss father. And what I mean by that is I think I did good. I tried really hard. But I think I missed some things. I think I made some mistakes. And I have regrets. I'd like to think that any good parent worth their salt would have some regrets. They would feel they made some failures. They screwed up. They didn't do certain things right. And I think they would feel that uh, they could have, would have, should have done this or done that. And I think that's good. I think you should question, even if it's only to yourself, even if it's only inwardly, you know, you don't show it to others. That you wish you would have done certain things different or you would have tried harder or you would have made more time. There's always regrets with parents. And uh, I think a good parent does screw up. That's how you become a good parent. You actually screw up. <clears throat> usually with your first child, you, you you usually work really, really hard, and that kid turns out pretty sharp. And then in the more kids you have, you're like, oh, my God. In my case, I kind of felt it was a little bit of opposite of that. I thought I worked really hard. I was a younger man, and I tried to coach my kids and, get them involved in sports and get them involved in, um, you know, science fair projects and, um, all kinds of different things to get them real socialized and get my kids to grow up, you know, strong and athletic. And, you know, they, they, they were involved in a lot of extracurricular stuff. And, uh, I had two boys, so they were rambunctious and, uh, you know, I saw a lot of kids they brought around. Some of them were really good kids and some of them turned out to be rotten kids. I don't think there was ever any bad kids ever come around, but I know that they grew up and had a really hard life. Some of them, some of them really had some misfortune later in life and the kids I knew when they were little were just the sweetest little kids. And you see them grow up and things just go wrong. And just keep getting worse and worse for them. And You wanna, wanna, coulda, shoulda, would've. Maybe I should've said something. Maybe I should've helped more. Maybe I should've got more involved. But you don't various reasons, not because you're lazy and not because you don't care, but sometimes it's just none of your business. Sometimes you really don't have a right to say anything. Or you find out after the fact how bad things really were. And, uh, you know, it's the way it goes. And I'm going all over the place, but the reason I brought my own kids was I was going to tell you that I do have regrets. I do think I was too hard on my boys. 
growing up sometimes, and I think I wasn't hard enough. I wasn't uh, enough of a disciplinarian. I I didn't um, keep an eye on certain things that I should have, or I should have been harder on them. But, you know, I wanted them to be their own person. When they made mistakes, they couldn't blame it on me because they made them, they made the choice. But maybe I should have got more involved. Not that anything bad happened. They're really great kids. They grew up and became great guys, great men. Both are married, well-adjusted, doing well, working. You know, unlike most people that trashed the younger generation, my my sons are uh, late 20s, early 30s. They've worked their whole freaking adult life from when they were, you know, late teens. They started working odd jobs, making extra money, and then uh, worked through college, different jobs. And then they, uh, after they graduated, they both were working their butts off. You know, both are married to great women. Um, they're all hardworking kids. Uh, and they're doing wonderful. You know, I I can't complain. And, uh, you know, my daughter's 20. She's a sophomore now. She's doing great in college. And I was kind of hands off with her. But she ended up growing up and being really close to me and really got involved in her life and in a different way. Um, I hardly ever went to a band or cheerleading things. My wife did all that. I was really working too much and working a lot of afternoons and midnight turns at that time of her life. And I just, I just didn't have the energy. I was an older man when she was growing up. I wasn't the young man with the boys and running around. I was the older guy working, you know, late nights and back shifts and struggling to keep things going. And I missed a lot of stuff. But in other ways, I tried to compensate by doing as much as I could with her when I had time off and treating her like, uh, and a, not a, an adult, but treating her with a lot of respect. And realizing I made some minor mistakes with my older kids. And I kind of corrected some of that with her. And, uh, you know, I can't complain about any of them. You know, but uh, you get lucky sometimes and your kids turn out really good. And you're really happy. Am I proud of my kids? Yes. Oh my God, I'm so proud of my kids, all three of them. Am I proud of myself as a father? Yes and no. I mean, I'm proud of myself. I've put three people through college, and I'm putting the fourth through right now. Three. My two sons and my wife got her degree, and then my daughter's getting hers. So four people total. I'm pretty proud of that. You know, I worked my tail off. I had a lot of misfortune in my life and didn't get the opportunity to go to college for some um, reasons because I was let down by my own family. And uh, I don't regret that and I don't blame them for it because I think if there's a will, there's a way, but I didn't see it then 
I didn't really have the opportunity. Times were different back then, and I just it was more important to get out and get to work That's because of situations with my family, life, and school got away from me. And I regret that. And I regret that I let people continually tell me that, you know, you're this and that. And I think people turn out the way they are because they get crushed. They do. They get crushed by all the talk, all the actions of others pile up on them and sometimes you just want to get away from it all and sometimes the easiest way to do it is to bury yourself in work or family or move away or just you know some people join the military and never come back some people move far away from their family and you know you never see them again and, you know, I had aunts and uncles that scattered off to the four corners of the earth. And my dad would always complain about his brothers and sisters doing that. And it's like, well, one thing that drove them was economics. They, they needed to get away from this area and go to places where there was work. And you, you saw where all of them went. They went to places where work was plentiful and the wages were high that's why they went there that was the main reason I mean there were other reasons but that was probably the main reason they went there and were successful is because they they had opportunities that they were never going to have here and the other reason they left was because they were brought up in a hellhole in a horrible family dynamic that was a complete nightmare an abusive home life with no future no options for ever improving and they got the hell out and I always wanted to ask my dad you know do you ever think about that that's why they left because there was nothing here for them economically familial nothing nothing that's why they left and that's why kids turn out the way they do. Because they were raised by wolves, practically. And the first chance they got to get away, they left the pack. Never to be seen again. And in my own life, I've had quite a lot of misfortunes with a lot of people who felt the need to try to destroy or ruin my life every single turn and in my professional work life I've had the same problem there's always got to be somebody that wants to cause a problem has a rub with you and wants to just ruin things just can't let it go even in this world that I'm in now you know trying to do self-help videos and help people. I've had so many hurdles and obstacles from people that just didn't want to get along. And it's really sad. You know, 
you think family, friends, co-workers, colleagues, acquaintances in professional life are all good people. You'd think, you know, they would wish you the best success. But the opposite is almost always true. They want to see you burn. They want to see you fail. They do. They want to abuse you with words and actions and physical violence and tear you down and break your spirit. They don't want you to be proud of anything. No, no. They want to take that pride away. They want to break you down so that they can bring you up the way they think you should be, the way they think you should talk, the way you should act. We've all been there, so don't be afraid to think about it and talk about it. And this isn't all bad. The good part's coming up. You know, I think they take that same child and they beat him down. You know, I watched my son get tormented in a horrible school district. The teacher couldn't stand the sight of him for whatever reason. He was disruptive. He was this. He was that. He was also the best student in her class, but he just wasn't probably the right name. He didn't come from the right family. His father didn't drink the right kind of beer. We didn't have the right economic level of income for that school district. You know, we were just not the right people to have a brilliant child that was upstaging all these other people. And you could say, come on, what that? yeah, it was that bad. Yeah, it was that bad. We were basically... Let, let know that let it be known that we don't want your kid here. And so we got him out of there. And he went from a class problem and a class clown and all of this disruptive. Oh, this woman couldn't take it. We gotta medicate this kid. All she wanted to do was medicate this kid. He went on to become one of the best students at the school we took him to. You know, we moved to a new community. We worked really hard. We got a nice home, a nice school district, and the teacher couldn't believe that he was ever a problem at the other school because he was nothing but a perfect student for her. It's kind of funny how that worked out. So this one teacher had all these problems with my kid, and this school district had all these problems with my kid for the next... 11 years, my kid had a perfect record. I think he had one detention his entire school career. Maybe. Had one little fight in school with another kid. Didn't even get suspended. He just got a talking to. Wasn't that bad. It was just a little scuffle. And I was told that they had a little talking to. And the boys worked it out. And it was, you know, misunderstanding. And I said, wow, that's really nice. And that boy ended up graduating as valedictorian of that school. Hmm. Yeah, boy. Should have medicated him. Should have crushed him. Should have beat down that spirit. Yeah, should have stepped on him. I don't say this stuff lightly. I have a lot of resentment and a lot of anger over how society hurts people and beats down these kids beats down these women, beats down these, these minorities, beats down people that are different, 
different religions, different sexualities, different, you know, creeds and races and everything else. I don't even believe in race. We're all one freaking human race, but boy, they just love to divvy us up, don't they? And then you can have an excuse to work a group over because there's not enough of them to fight back. And it makes me sick. It makes me sick every day. And I think back to where I could have really screwed up. And I, luckily, I changed jobs, got out of there, moved my kid from that school district to a new school district, got him out of there, and corrected that path. And I'll tell you something else, too. I raised a strong boy. A strong boy. When he was leaving that classroom and that teacher was like, you know, well, keep in touch. He went, no, I won't. He walked right out of there. Well, keep in touch. (laughs) No, I won't. He told that teacher, no, I won't. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. And just a little boy, second grade, worst kid in the whole school. Worst kid they've ever seen. And you think, where's this coming from? Because I've seen so much violence lately and so much anger and so many people questioning all these things and thinking, well, if we if we do this or if we do that, it'll fix it. What's got to change is people have got to change. We've got to quit this. We've got to quit destroying people for fun, for profit, for our own self-gratification. It's just got to stop. If you don't like the way something is and you feel like you're being put down things aren't going your way, you got to get out. You got to mark the days until you can get out and get away from it. I remember us telling my boy, just hold in there a little longer. We're going to get you out of there. And then we're going to get you out of this. We had a good family doctor too that told us, you know, that kid doesn't need medication. That kid doesn't need all this testing. This kid doesn't need, there's nothing wrong with this kid wonderful family doctor actually got so bad we had to get our family doctor involved and I remember going back to my parents and my wife's parents whatever I don't want to say too much and they were about less than use yet less than worth less less than useless in this situation because they let us get tormented and picked on in school and they had their own fun with us at our expense growing up. And uh, they were they were no help. No help whatsoever. No advice. You know. I don't want to sit there and rag on my parents. But, you know, they, they had their sport. They had their fun. You know. At, at their children's expense. And I don't think it was much better for my wife on her, her side of things. And... Uh, you know, it's one of the things that drew us together originally. 
was uh, our wonderful, happy home life that, uh, you know, was the one thing we had in common was how disastrously bad our home life was and our desire to get out of that situation and try to make a better life for ourselves. We didn't have to live like that every day. And that's exactly what we did. May not be a perfect marriage, may not be a perfect life, may not be the best life, but we do not have to live around or with people who feel the need to torment and pick and tease and agitate and put us down on a constant basis. We can just get up and walk away. Kind of like we taught that little boy from the teacher that agitated the hell out of him for a year and school year was ending we were moving well we met moved before the school year was over yeah it was the middle of the school year he barely i think we moved like in january february we were getting them out of the school so still quite a bit of school year left and my wife got him the last day and got his stuff and was taking him out of class so he's leaving man he's leaving class he won't be back and the teacher said well keep in touch and he goes no, I won't. He never turned around and he walked right out of there. Oh, I taught that boy well. And I said, you know, just be, you know, I, I didn't coach him on how to act at the new school. You know, we went there and we told the, you know, the people there when we were getting them registered. You know, he's a smart boy. He's a good boy. You know, he's, Hopefully he'll do well. And they were like, oh, don't worry about him. He'll be fine. He just took one look at him. He's a good little guy. And he got put in a classroom with a teacher they thought would be really good for him. And uh, I don't remember specifically coaching him, just saying, you know, be the best you can do. You know, work hard. Try really hard. And you'll make friends. And you'll be all right. Just, you know, try to have fun. And uh, he flourished. He flourished. He did great. And I remember going to a parent-teacher conference. And uh, it was probably his first one, first year. Because I remember that teacher. Really sweet teacher. And uh, and I asked him how he's doing and everything. And she said, oh, he's just a fantastic student. top, Top student. Grades are great. He's doing wonderful. And I told her just a little bit. I said, he was really having problems where he used to be. And is he causing any trouble in class or anything? She said, no, he's, he's wonderful. You know, he's very comical, fun. The kids love him. He made a lot of friends. He was doing really well. I couldn't believe it. You know? And uh, I don't want to make light of this. You know, if you take a kid and you just treat them like dirt, they're not going to, eventually they're going to break. You know, there was a friend of mine at work told me a story one time. He was like, children are like a, a, a tree sapling, like a small sapling tree that you plant in the ground. Now, those trees aren't straight. You got to put a little stick beside the tree to get it to grow straight and you got to tie it loosely to uh, 
the stick with um, like cloth or really light twine, you know. And you want to tie it tight just a little bit. You want to bow it in just a little bit. And that tree will start to grow straight. Now, if you try to tighten it up too tight, you know, you bind it too hard, the binds will cut into it and hurt the tree, cut it, maybe even break it, snap it. You'll break it. And that's really the best parenting advice I can give. You know, kids are really like a little tiny tree that you're trying to grow. And they don't grow straight on their own normally. You gotta get a little stick, post, you tap it in the ground, and then you get some cloth. And you, the reason you use a wide piece of cloth is so it won't dig into the tree trunk, into the bark. And you pull it in just a little bit at a time, tighten it up. Not too tight, so that it can move, so it could grow. And you just keep adjusting it a little bit till it's grown straight. And once it's straight, you don't need to do any more. It'll be all right. The tree will grow. It'll grow nice and tall, straight. You just got to help it that first time. And the reason I wanted to talk about this today is I see a lot of people out there that are broken. And if you recognize this in yourself, you feel that anger and that frustration and you feel like you were done wrong and there's nothing you could do about it. I need you to know that I kind of went through that too several times and I watched people try to do it to my kids. I've seen them do it to others around me. Very close friends disclosed to me so many horror stories. And the bottom line is this. You don't have to let things turn out that way. It's your life. And it's your story that needs to be written. And there's still time for you to change things. There always is time left. And the, re the way it stops, the way it gets better, is when you change. Not what people do. It's when you change, when you remove yourself from it, when you get in your car or you get on a bus or a train and you go away, you go away from it and you make a new life somewhere far away, far enough. It's when you don't answer the phone every time they call. You don't go running back and call. You don't let them push you around anymore. It's all part of growing up and... I know friends that spent their whole life you know, trying to escape the things that happened to them when they were little. And sooner or later, some of them fail. They can't let it go. I'm 55 years old. I'm still trying to fight things that happened to me 40 years ago or more. And you think, how do you carry that kind of stuff? Because I don't want to see it happen again. You know, I got to always stay in the present that, you know, if I don't 
keep things going the right direction. I don't want to go back to that lifestyle, that life. You know, I don't want to have to deal with that anymore. So I got to stay strong and I got to work hard and I got to, I got to stay in the present. You have to remember the past, but you have to stay in the present. Keep things going in the right direction. And I have to change. I have to make it so that, that that part of my life doesn't get repeated. And I don't let people get harmed around me anymore it's not easy but you can change it can be as quick as a flick of a light switch or it could be a lifelong journey but it starts with you deciding I'm not going to put up with this anymore I'm done with this I am whatever's going on here I'm done with it I'm not going to let people push me around anymore and hurt me it's a conscious decision and once you make that decision you can't go back there's only one way to go and that's forward and you gotta be strong and you gotta be brave and you gotta be proud of yourself because you made a good decision You have every right to a good life, just like everyone else. You have a right to a good life and not have to fight every day over it. You need to be left in peace and have a good life. And that's what keeps me going. You know, not the failures, but the idea that... I did succeed. You know, I have a good, quiet, peaceful life. And when it's disrupted by people that want to break that peace, I have the skills, the ability to make them stop. Or get away from it. There's no fear in losing a fight. Sometimes the right thing to do is let them think they won and you move on and they leave you alone but you better let them know that you're done with it that their behavior is not acceptable anymore it's hard but you could do it So if you're listening to this today and you have somebody in your life who has authority or power over you and they are abusing it for whatever reason and you know in your heart it's wrong and you know in your heart that it's not right that they're doing it to you I want you to start thinking about getting away from that situation in a healthy way I want you to start thinking about removing yourself from that situation you can do it might take a while or it might take five minutes but it starts with you making a conscious 
decision to make it stop. And there's always somebody out there to help you. And there's always a better way and a better life for you out there. I remember thinking this is my childhood all over again. This school district is just horrible. And my kid is getting put through a lot of what I was put through. And I I just, I don't think I can, I don't think I can face up to this. This is ridiculous. How did I let this happen? And I thought, you put yourself in this situation. You moved into this school district and you put your kid in that school. You're the one that brought him here. You moved here. You put your kid in that school district. Okay. Now you got to get him out. You got to get him out. You got to move him away and you got to move him out. You got to take him somewhere else. You got to start over. That's exactly what I did. I was having some trouble in my professional life at work. I said, well, I'm top of my game, top of my field, and it's just a struggle every day. It isn't working out right. I got to quit and start a new job. So I did just that. I didn't quit, but you know, I changed jobs. You know? You know what I mean. I stopped doing this job and went and did another, but, you know, the process is a lot more complicated than that. I just don't have time to talk about it right now. I'll have to do that sometime. So I changed jobs, moved, got my kid in a different school district all in a very short time period, like two or three months. My whole life changed. And I ended up making more money that year than I did the year before because of all the changes I made. And ended up buying a house a couple years later. Well, I actually moved into a rent-to-own situation where I was paying a mortgage on a house. And then um, after like a year, I bought it. And uh, the thing that's important about it is all this stuff happened because I consciously made a decision to change my life. And here it is 20-something years later. I'm still living in that same house. I still own it. I'm doing really well. Kids are grown. Two of them are out of the house. Married. Have their own life. Their own homes. I can't complain. But it all starts with making that conscious decision that this is wrong. Like I said in the very beginning, it's not heaven or hell. It's not about God. It's not about religion. It's not about devils or demons. Throw all of that out the window. What it's about is you're in a bad situation. And the monsters in your life are people that look just like you. And the only way you're going to get it to stop is you got to get 
your ass and get out. One way or another, you put yourself in the situation. One way or another, you got to get yourself out. I've changed vocations three times in my life. I've made big changes in my life. And every time I did it, I did it with a lot of confidence. I don't know how I did it, but I did it with a huge amount of confidence. And the funny part is, a good thing I had that confidence because it was a hard, hard first couple of years. But once you got reestablished, everything was all right. So don't be afraid to identify the abusive monsters in your life and get away from them. It's all right. There's nothing wrong with that. Because you deserve a good life. Okay? All right. That's my ramble for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, until I see all of you again, please have a most blessed day. All right? Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for ASMR Tirar de Huello. Please take a moment to share, rate, and review this podcast. It really does help. If you are interested in additional ASMR content, you may view our library of videos at youtube.com slash The theme song, Atlantis, is by Jason Shaw of Audionautics.com and is used by permission. Correspondence, including questions or requests, may be sent to tirardehuello at gmail.com. On behalf of Dr. Andrew Michaels, thank you.